Welcome. This is a Vascular Forum interview. Hello and welcome to the Vascular Forum interviews. Today, we're going to be talking about the uses of big data and registry data, its pros and cons, and which means do we have to participate in it and access it. Additionally, we will also be discussing some of the most important existing vascular surgery registries. To guide us through this, we have Christian Alexander Berend and Kevin Mani. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. For those of you who may be unfamiliar with our guests, Christian Berend is the current chair of the VASCONET committee of the ESVS and the head of the German VASC Research Group, and works as the head of the peripheral bypass section at the Department of Vascular Medicine in Hamburg. Kevin Mani is the current co-chair of the International Consortium of Vascular Surgery Registries, was a prior chair of VASCONET and works as professor in the Uppsala University Hospital. He is also a member of the steering committee in SwedeVASC the Swedish National Vascular Registry initiated in 1987 as one of the first population-based national registries in the world. Thank you very much for joining us here today. Excellent. Could you talk to us briefly about how many European countries have actually an established vascular surgery national registry? I think it's actually not an easy question. Currently, the Vascunet comprises around 28 national and regional quality improvement collaborations, and some of them have access to at least one traditional registry. Others are either currently implementing infrastructures for registries or even use available registries in other countries. I think this emphasizes the cross-border spirit of this collaboration, but makes it challenging to answer this question with one number. And for instance, in Germany, we don't have one established registry, but a lot of registries for carotid artery revascularizations or peripheral artery revascularizations. I don't know if, Kevin, do you have something to add? No, to? I, I, no I think that's very correct. And it is actually a challenging question to answer. I tried to look this up a bit this morning just to be able to answer it. Depending on how you define for example, a national registry, there are approximately 10 countries that have quality improvement registries that are led by vascular societies that have a national coverage. Some of them are early registries that were established in vascular surgery, such as Sweden, a couple of other Scandinavian countries. The UK has a vascular registry that is quite comprehensive, covering the whole country. Some are relatively newly established, like Serbia, as recently established a national vascular registry driven by the society. Some of the registries that participate in Vascunet, as Christian mentioned, are regional but not national. So there is a bit of a mix, but in general, 27 members of the Vascunet collaboration and approximately 10 to 15 registries with full national coverage that are society-driven. Okay, so Vascunet is not just limited to national registries, then it's also regional registries. Yeah, so originally the registries participating in Vascunet had a regional coverage, like a population-based coverage. But Vascunet has also worked over the past years trying to promote registry research and initiation of registries in countries. And we have been open to new members joining who are interested in establishing registries, some of which over the past years then have also initiated registries. Serbia is one, Portugal is in the process of establishing registry, etc. Being part of the Vascular Collaboration may aid in deciding on how to set it up, what parameters to include in a registry, etc., so that they harmonize with other countries. 
I think I would add that maybe it's okay to say that we have a broad range of quality improvement collaborations or quality improvement projects in different stages of their development. There are countries like Sweden and Svetvask as one of the pioneers and role model, others who established their registries during the past years. And there are also some representatives that are currently working on establishing a very new registry, like in Ireland. I think yeah. this is what the spirit of this uh, collaboration is. We, we, we don't ha only have existing and well-established registries, but also colleagues who are willing and enthusiastic enough to start such a project in their countries. There is one other aspect that, that may be worth mentioning, and that is what does the vascular registry compromise? What does it include? So several of the quality improvement registries focus on the core surgical procedures, such as abdominal aortic aneurysm repair, carotid repair, and sometimes also PAD or amputations. But not all the vascular registries cover all procedures. There is obviously a lot going on in the venous field that traditionally has not been captured. Part of registries, there is oncovascular surgery, trauma, etc., also, the coverage of vascular registries in terms of procedures included varies actually between countries and initiatives. Then the criteria to join VASCUNET is not very strict. It's the kind of the willingness to be in a quality improvement program, one could say. Yeah, absolutely. So as, as Kevin was saying that not all pathologies are included in all registries, are there procedure-targeted or disease-targeted registries that are also being created? So I think when it comes to the society-driven registries or quality improvement programs, the start of it is core surgical procedures, the bread and butter of vascular surgery, PAD, carotid, and AAA. But one of the benefits if you have registry data is that you can also study rare pathologies, for example especially if the registry covers the broader scope of vascular surgical procedures. And there are definitely initiatives that aim to study rare pathologies that come out of VASCONET. So VASCONET projects are often driven by suggestions that are proposed to the group, and that can be on a rare pathology that several registries collaborate into. Christian, did you want to add something? No, I think that's an excellent summary of the advantages of such collaborations are in terms of rare diseases and rare events. Okay, so the International Consortium of Vascular Registries is something slightly different from Vascunet, correct? Yes, so, so the ICVR was initiated in 2014 and it is a collaboration between the registries within Vascunet and the American Society of Vascular Surgery Quality Initiative, which is the VQI, the Vascular Quality Initiative. The VQI is a vascular registry driven by the SVS, to which many vascular centers in the U.S. provide data, but it's not a mandatory registry covering all procedures in the U.S., obviously. Within ICVR, there is also collaboration of other stakeholders, such as regulatory bodies, the FDA, and device manufacturer companies working within the vascular field. So it's both a transatlantic registry collaboration, but it's also a collaboration involving other stakeholders. I think I would add maybe that there is often not really a misunderstanding, but Vascunet is uh, to some degree different because, as we explained before, it's a collaboration of, of several registries with national or regional coverage. 
But the VQI is one common large-scale registry in the United States. And to have a framework for synergistic collaborations between VQI and the European Society for Vascular Surgery, VASCUNET, this was initially implemented as a coordinated registry network by the Medical Device Epidemiology Network, the MD EpiNet. It was founded in 2010 as a private-public stakeholdership and there are other consortia like the International Consortium of Orthopedic Registries and Cardiac Registries, like the International Consortium of Vascular Registries. So it's more or less a global framework for different registry consortia. That's what I would add here, yeah. because often uh, people think that Vascunet is one common registry, and that's not the case, in fact. Yes, but MD EpiNet is not just limited to vascular surgery registries. That's a global collaboration for different specialities. Yes, exactly. And that's uh, the framework where I think it's more than 1,500 different people from methodological specialties or uh, cardiac surgeons, vascular surgeons, cardiologists are uh, coming together, I think, one or two times a year and discuss in their coordinated registry networks. That's one of the main ideas behind all these international consortia of registries. Okay. And if, if we wanted to say the specific or the targeted collaboration that has the biggest scope or the biggest number of collaborators that's specific to vascular surgery, would that be VASCUNET or would that be the ICVR? Uh, that's hard to tell. I think that uh, every single registry included in these frameworks has its own field and own connections. But I think the larger scope is ICVR because it includes American registries, Japanese registries. Inside Europe, it's obviously Vascunet. And I think that there are even other collaborations like the orthopedic consortium within the MD EpiNet. I think they have an even larger network. But I'm not sure. I don't have the numbers right now. Kevin, do you, do you know any details? No, Maybe? obviously the ICVR covers everything including the consortium of Vascunet and the transatlantic collaborations, etc. So, so that is probably the larger scope. But it's important to understand that it's not that all this data is sitting in one place. You know, it's a framework for collaboration, but it's not that you can just press a button and, uh, for example, examine all, I don't know, aortic repairs within ICVR. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. why I, I yeah. had it before because yeah. all yeah. everybody thinks that Vasconet means we we just start <laughs> right ahead and then uh, the data is there, but there is much more discussion and debating and uh, collecting the data before a paper gets out. Yeah, so that brings us to another question, which is who is it exactly that collects the data? Each country that or each registry that participates in Vasconet has its own mechanism for collecting data and also probably a setup for how the data is collected. So I can just talk you through how it works in, for example, Swedvask. In Swedvask, every vascular surgeon that does a procedure goes out to the Swedvask website and registers that procedure within the registry. That is then collected in the Swedish vascular registry. When Vascunet traditionally does a project, or does an international evaluation project of, for example, carotid repair, then there is a call for individual registries to participate in this specific collaboration. And the data is amalgamated together at that stage. 
So there's no automatic transfer of data from individual registries into an international registry collaboration. Each registry decides if they want to collaborate in a project and goes through the process of applying for that within their national legislative or registry setup. And the data is amalgamated at that stage by the person who drives the project in Ambassador. There is a lot of regulations over the past years that affect how such registry collaborative projects can be performed, the GDPR being the most important, obviously. And Baskinet has done a lot of work, especially Christian has done a lot of work trying to ensure that any such project is performed within this legislative format. So transfer of data between countries like this has to be done, you know, being aware of identification issues, etc. I'm sure, Christian, you want to fill in or maybe well, chill out more about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was dreaming about having a mandatory registry in Germany too. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's uh, as you said, it's likely very different between countries and registries. Yeah. In, in Germany, we don't have a mandatory registry. We have 650 vascular centers and it's really challenging to collect data from all the different centers, from all the procedures. I think at the end, it's usually a dedicated and enthusiastic colleague doing the data collection work. That's what is similar in all the registry collaborations. In Germany, it's very voluntary to participate in such registry studies. Yeah. Uh, just to be clear, the, the Swedish Vascular Registry is actually not mandatory. It is voluntary. But there is a strong agreement within the society that you should participate and there is also this concept, and it's, I think, true for at least a couple of the countries that have reached national coverage, that if you don't register, you don't exist, more or less. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but, yeah, so yeah, if, if there is any call for centralization and you cannot show that you have done a procedure within a registry, then, then it doesn't happen. And there is this old saying that actually originally was said by an ophthalmologist who started registry work, that surgeons that don't count, don't count. So if you don't well, count what you do yeah. and how you do, then then you don't count. And that's very true in Sweden. So if you don't register your cases in Sweden, that's, yeah, <laughs> so, you're, you're, you, can, you kind of lose the opportunity to know how your cases did, uh, to compare yourself to others, etc. Well, Kevin's answer makes me even more envy <laughs> the situation in Sweden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, also talking about Sweden, I know that Swedvast has validated, has a very high percentage of validated data, but I'm not so sure how, how does this work with other registries? Is there mandatory data validation or is this kind of open or does it depend? So when it's come to validation, there are obviously with any registry data or registry research, one key issue, is there data that you're analyzing representative for the population you're studying or is there a selection mechanism? For example, surgeons only recording cases that do well. So there are a couple of ways to validate them. There is the external validation would be, are all relevant cases registered or not? And normally that is done by the registry comparing its data to another source, such as, for example, administrative source of what procedures have been performed within the country or within a hospital over a period of time. So many registries have that mechanism of comparing the registrations within the registry to administrative data or, for example, claims data for insurance. The other one is to look at specific patients and see are all the parameters registered for a case correct or not. That's called internal validity. 
And the mechanism to do that for some registries is to, to go through selected cases and do a chart review and compare it to what was written in the chart. I think approximately half of the registries, especially the established national registries in Raskunet, have that mechanism implemented so that a validation process is performed every year of some kind. The Vascanet has also performed international independent validations of the registries as part of the quality securement for registry research. So somebody from another country would then go to, for example, Denmark and validate the data for that year by going through a sub-cohort of patients from specific centers, comparing it to both administrative data and also going through specific cases to assess internal validity. And that's something Vascanet has worked with to have validation processes in place. I would highlight that some of the validation results have been published recently. So just go to the Vascular Forum. I think that was the last validation study. Another question kind of regarding the internal and the external validity. So when somebody is thinking about designing a national or regional registry, are there any reporting standards for the creation of these registries or who decides the items and the data variables that are included? Uh, Yeah, that's an excellent question. The Vascunet, as all registry collaborations, are especially interested in a better harmonization of data collection between the registries. Because if we want to compare international data, it's always a problem if one registry has another definition as the third or fourth registry. To reach that aim or to improve the situation, we were able to publish several modified Delphi studies where we try to find a consensual agreement on a core data set or how the variables should be defined. And we are currently on the way, for instance, to generate comparable patient reported outcomes in the future. So there will be consensus and reporting standard papers in the future. If I may add, to support harmonization of what variables are registered in vascular registries, Vascunet has set of data that traditionally have been collected for carotid, AAA, and those data variables are available on the Vascunet webpage. And we are also working currently on a standard reporting document for these pathologies. For PAD, Christian's group has performed an international assessment of what is registered in different registries and published suggested data fields for peripheral arterial disease procedures. That's published in the European Journal and it's available also. For countries or centers who are setting up new registries, that is the suggestion to at least try to harmonize with these data sets. So once you've set up your registry and you've decided what variables you want to include in it, and you've been collected for a couple of years, and then you want to participate in one of these projects, is it easy to get access to that data for a specific project, or is it very complicated? <laughs> This is also a very complex question, Uh, not that easy to answer (laughs) briefly. To make this long story short, we are currently, Kevin's group and my group, are bringing the research data together in a common European platform. We aim to have one place where all the data can be stored, GDPR compliant for future projects. And I hope that we will also be able to develop a more structurized application process for future research ideas. I, I think, Kevin, you may have more perspectives yeah, on that. To try to answer, Carlotta, your question in how it works, 
if a researcher, for example, would have an idea that you think is suitable for Vascunet, we are welcome to contact this collaboration and suggest the idea. And Vascunet and ICVR are open to those suggestions, clearly. Then whether specific countries or registries decide to participate in such a project or not is really up to each registry to decide, because it's obviously the data is owned by the society or the registry who's collecting it. And if they do so, then they may collect that specific data and provide it for that specific research project. How this works in each registry probably varies. So many registries will have their own research committees who evaluate the project and agree or have suggestions regarding how it should be done. And there is also an ethical process that will vary between countries on how to access the data to such a collaborative project. It's important to understand that it's not a press one button situation where you can just press one button and get data from 10 countries. It is quite a lot of work to harmonize access data, get it through the accepted processes, etc. So potentially anybody can, with a good enough idea, anybody could have access to the data, potentially. Yeah, we have had projects like that initiated by researchers who've approached Vascunet, for example, and initiated projects. Some of them in rare pathology, like internal iliac aneurysm study driven by a Finnish group. Some of them looking at how the threshold for AAA repair affects incidence of rupture. That was initiated by St. George's group. So what potential limitations should readers have in mind when reading articles that use big or registry data? Is the quality of evidence from these studies always good quality evidence, or is it sometimes not as good as one may think it might be? In my personal experience, the limitations or challenges of big data methods and registry data are not that different from other study designs beyond the inherited challenge of non-random assignment. As I always repeat, there are good, bad quality studies using both real-world data and randomized design. And I think in terms of quality of evidence, I'm very biased. I sometimes find it frustrating that even the worst randomized control trials will sometimes reach a higher level of evidence than a high quality validated registry study. But on the other hand, I would love to find funding for an independent high quality randomized control trial to do that on my own. So I, I see the advantages of this high level evidence, but it's not always so easy to get high-level comparative effectiveness data. So we need to make the best of real-world evidence and improve the methods. And if you don't have a randomized, controlled, registry-based trial like SweetPet, then it's probably just improving the methods of plain old registry data. I guess one of the issues to bear in mind when reading registry collaborative data is that, you know, higher number of cases is not always equivalent to better data. So one of the aspects that we discussed earlier is validity and journalizability of data. The good thing with multinational collaborative research project from Basquiat is that if you manage to get valid data from several different countries and evaluate a practice, it's much more representative of what is being done and what the outcome is than if you go to a selected center that's really interested in a pathology and reports how, how the outcome is of that procedure. So there are truly benefits to the international collaborative projects in that term. The challenges is that there are definitely challenges in data harmonization. So there might be that 
one specific comorbidity does not have exactly the same definition in all different registries, for example. The other one is the issue of validity that we discussed, but that's something we have really worked with to ensure that the data that goes into NASCAR mm. projects or ICDR projects are highly valid. And if I may add, I think that if a research article is very frank with limitations, then the article was probably reviewed by a critical reviewer, what is always favorable, although sometimes frustrating. But I think that if you review or read the paper, a good observational study should emphasize this confounding issues and uh, how the authors address it accordingly to make it very short. So how, how do you visualize the future? Do you think there will still be place for single center publications with a limited number of patients? Or do you think research will increasingly move towards the use of registries and big data? I think that we need more independent, high quality, multinational registry trials because of the impact of selection bias, reimbursement, healthcare variables and other external factors are much too important to neglect it. So that's what I think about that. Yeah, I think obviously single center data has its role. So it's not that it's going to abolish in any way. But, you know, within the AVS, for example, European Journal, I think there is a trend to multi-center collaborations rather than single center data being submitted and published. Definitely that is what normally would make it into that specific journal very rarely a single center study, but more often if it's at least multi-center. So I think when it comes to future and registry data research, there is a lot happening in terms of easiness of data collection, automated data collection for cases, you know, the introduction of AI, electronic health records, etc. Mm -hmm. And also the possibility to involve the patients in reporting their outcome measures, the patient reported outcome measures after several of our the type of procedures we do in vascular surgery, such as those done for chronication or venous disease are actually, you know, quality of life improvement. And it would be important to know when does the patient feel that they have actually improved. And all that can then hopefully in the future be integrated into data collections through apps and uh, automated data collections. So I think, you know, that's the trend and the discussion in big data and registries would be that you can automatically gather a large sum of data and that would hopefully be the future. What is the problem or the mechanisms counteracting this progress is the issue of integrity doing this in an ethically correct way with informed consent and informed patient on how the data is being used. And I think we are still, as a society, struggling with how to handle this the massive possibilities to collect data about people that can be very beneficial in improving their healthcare, but also has to be done in a way that doesn't affect people's integrity. I think I want to revise my initial statement because I just figured out that uh, Kevin may reject my last single center study in Avis. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree to all the arguments. That's completely yeah. true. If I may elaborate a bit more about single center studies, there is an element of detail that currently is difficult to capture in registries that yeah. you do capture in a single center study. So in a single center study, you can dig into very detailed events of how you did things or how the outcome was. Registries generally give you big data and collect the specific variables, such as for a reoperation for bowel ischemia or not, etc. But not into the details of how it does this correlate yeah. to ex exactly what we did during the procedure. 
and that's the stuff you will need to do in yeah, single it, or preferably multi-center study. I think it all depends on how honestly you present or report your results to avoid a selection bias, to avoid low internal validity. A good powered and high quality validated single center study, of course, has a value. What I meant in my initial statement is that we have a lot of single center studies with questionable validity. If you see, there are some studies out which report short-term mortality that is far from reality, then there's obviously a problem and you need to include other data to deep dive into that problem. But if this is just an honest presentation of your consecutive cases, then of course, it's, it's a highly valuable study. Thank you. One last question or one last comment. Do you have any recommendations or suggestions for anybody that would like to have an active participation in Vasconet or in the ICVR? I think they should just contact us or visit our website or join the Vascunet and ICVR sessions at the annual meeting in Rotterdam and get in contact with all the representatives and associated representatives uh, inside this framework. Yes, I agree. Well, thank you very much for joining us here today in this Vascular Forum interview and taking the time to talk to us. It's been really interesting and it's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Carlotta. Thank you. It was really great. We will be back soon with more Vascular Forum podcasts. Remember, you can listen to all podcasts, open access in SoundCloud, Spotify, the Vascular Forum webpage and the ESVS e-library. Have a great day.